The Liver Fund is at the forefront of countering human trafficking domestically. Eventually, they're going to go overseas, but right now they are focusing domestically and they're doing a lot. They're, when you think about what's going on in the world of counter trafficking, or if you even mention the word human trafficking in the U.S., you hear a lot of different stories. I can tell you right now, I could vouch for this organization, the Liver Fund. They've been a, a very good supporter to the show and a very good supporter to me and providing input to a lot of my writing. Nick, thank you for what you're doing, brother, and welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You know, I just want to hit you right off the bat, man. What is the controversy in the human trafficking world right now? As far as organizations trying to get in there, you know, you have a lot of different people that are like, hey, you know what? We got to go out there. We got to hunt your local pedophile. We got to do this. We got to do that. A lot of vigilante type rhetoric. But the reality is me, you know, being law enforcement is you got to prosecute these people. So what, what is all the controversy going on out there? One of my mentors once told me is a, is a guy named Colonel Jones is a XO CAG. And he told me, Nick, never confuse enthusiasm with capability. And that's ultimately, I, I believe, where a lot of the controversy within the uh, counter-human trafficking organizations and anti-human trafficking organizations come in, in that there's lots of folks where their hearts are in the right place and they really, really want to contribute to the fight. Um, and that's awesome. And we need those folks. However, just because you've decided that you want to start collecting intelligence on human traffickers does not make you an intelligence professional. I mean, our folks are CIA trained, JSOC trained, NSA trained. Um, I mean, we're literally trying to take the best and brightest from those intelligence career fields and point them at the human trafficking problem. So uh, then you've got to have the data. I mean, at Deliver Fund, we've got a bunch of software engineers that are, that are, you know, pulling in targeting data. We, we've got our own targeting platforms. Uh, we're actually in the middle of building um, the first artificial intelligence algorithm to specifically target human traffickers, never been done before. So like you, you've got to have that entire infrastructure, the, the revenue infrastructure, the marketing infrastructure, the awareness infrastructure, the, yeah, you know, you, you need you need survivors of human trafficking on your staff, not like folks that you talk to every once in a while, but on your staff and paid positions, actually helping you figure out how to go after these human traffickers. And so unless you're willing to put all that together, then uh, it, it's a half measure. And human trafficking is so important that we shouldn't be taking half measures. You should be all in or all out. And uh, everybody wants to be involved but there's only there's only there's a lot of uh, should I say commitment that's required to be involved on a regular basis, and so I think that's where some of the controversy comes from uh, within within various organizations. Well, the other thing too is, I mean, you know, yeah. you have the different types of social media type posts where people are like, oh, yeah. uh, "We we can go down that rabbit hole, but we're going to save that for another day because well, then, everybody, yeah." Yeah, there's also the piece of like, you know, you're law enforcement, so you get this. Um, but if you don't have a badge and a gun in the authority of the state, you're not fighting human trafficking. You're helping those who fight human trafficking. So when I see 
you know, folks from my former background, I mean, you know, I'm former special ops, former CIA in a kinetic unit. Like I understand as much about kicking doors as, as anybody else. Um, I've got all the combat deployments overseas. None of that matters, right? It's none of that matters. It's, it's the intelligence, it's the keyboard work that matters. And so you get folks who essentially want to just go scratch the action guy itch and go play cop for a day, but don't have the actual commitment to go be a law enforcement officer. So, but they just want to go do it kind of in their spare time. And again, scratch that action guy itch again. And, and to me, um, that is disrespectful of the law enforcement officers that are actually putting their lives on the line to the level of commitment where they're doing this day in, day out, every day. Uh, and so at Deliver Fund, you know, we exist to support that law enforcement officer, to enhance that law enforcement officer's capabilities. So we can be building target packages while they're on surveillance. We can be building target packages to to inform their interrogations and inform their cases and make sure that they actually get an opportunity to sleep and go to their kid's soccer game and maybe sit down you know, to dinner with the family every once in a while and really enhance their capability so that they can be more efficient and effective at their job. Building a complex human trafficking case versus a narcotics case is so different. And it, I like how you say that the cool guy factor in there too is because like I, I worked open and back. I, I worked a lot of different things in my career, but putting someone in jail in jail is not as easy as you think. It's not just kicking the door in, slapping some cuffs on. It is about the target package. It is about intel. It is about building paper. When you arrest a drug dealer, a lot of times they have the product with them. A lot of times you have an informant that has them on tape with the product. In a human trafficking world, we're talking about the human commodity. When you talk about survivors on your staff, they're the ones that could bring you that human intelligence so you can put the target package, so you can put these people in jail. One thing I used to always hate was cool guy. They knock down a door, they make a mess, and then you come in as the investigator or the special agent, and you have to write the case. There is time and place for cool guys, but I tell you right right now, the police have a ton of cool guys and they don't really need a lot of ex reformers out there helping them with training with their tactics. I mean, yeah, if you want to help and train a small departments and this and that great, but don't put it on the back of you are out there hunting pedophiles. Cause it, uh, it kind of, it, it takes away from what those police are doing. They're the ones that are doing that day in day out. They're the ones that have to go and sleep with that case at night going, man, did I do the right thing? Did I do this? Did I, did I check this block today in order to put this person in jail? I like that aspect of it. You can't put people in jail behind a keyboard in most cases, but this one now you could use what you get behind a keyboard to build a targeting package. So when you do confront interview and interrogate this trafficker, you have a good package. What do these packages look like? I mean, how? Let's say I'm a small department. I'm at, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say small department in Colorado. I'm just going to ban or Nebraska somewhere. I don't have the resources, but trafficking is happening in my area. I reach out to you all. How does it work? A number of different ways. Um, there's the inbounds that just you know the investigators who are just stuck don't know what to do next and figure well we'll give this deliver fund organization a try uh, and you know we we help them get the information they need on on essentially just a cold call to us. 
most of the time what happens is we have law enforcement officers who, who essentially join the deliver fund program. So they come in uh, and say, all right, I want to, you know, I want training, right? We, we equip with software and data and uh, we train how to use the software and data, right? And, and, and how to use the target centric analysis method to actually put together a, a case and then, or, or, and I, I don't even mean to say a case because we're not experts in putting together a case. We're intelligence, not, not investigative. So in, in order to put together a intelligence package, a targeting package against an individual human trafficker, and then we advise law enforcement. So, you know, helping them keep track of, you know, where are the human traffickers shifting to where, you know, where are the latest uh, data collection sites uh, you know, what, what's the, uh, the latest TTPs from the traffickers. We stay on top of all of that so that law enforcement officers can, can just do their job. So now, hold on. You threw out, you threw out some acronyms there. And the one thing I want to oh, say, cause I want, no, hold on. I'm going to get into that in a second. You're good with me, Nick, but here's the deal is like, when it comes down to, uh, I want people who are in the law enforcement community to go, okay, if I get a targeting package, is this going to be user-friendly? Do I need the no intel? Do I need to have a military background? What do I need? And when uh, techniques, techniques, and procedures and stuff like that, you know, this is type of stuff like, hey, when law enforcement reaches out to you, is it very user-friendly, the type of stuff? And are we going to be te- – are we going to do in cop talk, uh, plain speak, or, or how does that work? So, no, it's all plain speak, all in plain English. Uh, forgive, forgive the uh... – the acronyms of just a, a product in my environment who clearly has a, I hear you brother, <laughs> but, uh, but no, it's all in plain English. So, uh, for the tactics that the traffickers are using and saying, you know, um, they're, they're using this emoji string on, on, uh, social media. Um, and this is what that means as documented by, and one of the really, really important things that we do at deliver fund is all, everything that we do can be parallel constructed. We don't have any super secret, uh, you know, data feed or anything like that. Or sorry, we won't tell you law enforcement officers where we got stuff. No, it's here's where here's here's the URL where we got this information. And if you scroll through page 75, you will see that, you know, in this photo in the background, there's this license plate, which through this program attributes to this person. Right. So we, we create the entire spider graph that shows how we got from, you know, from zero to bang, how we got there uh, so that the law enforcement officer can parallel construct that case. So it might take us a matter of anywhere from six hours to six days to put together a, a targeting package, depending on how sophisticated the trafficker is and how large his network is. Uh, but that law enforcement officer should be able to parallel construct that case within just a matter of hours. Uh, and then we also make sure that we retain all the data. So if, if say that advertisement was pulled off of a, uh, an illicit advertisement site or that review was pulled off of the, um, you know, the, the illicit massage parlor review site, uh, if, if that stuff is pulled down, we retain, we retain copies of it. So they don't have to try to go find it on their own. Um, they can just bring it. They can just get a copy from Deliver Fund, and uh, our stuff has been used in court many, many times. Uh, when we first came on the scene, prosecutors were a little nervous, which is completely understandable. 
they were a little bit nervous about, well, you know, using Deliver Fund. Um, now the reputation um, and the, the case law has been set so that we've actually had prosecutors take Deliver Fund's targeting packages and add that to their evidence pile. And it's so far, we're sitting on 100% conviction rate on the cases we've been involved in that have gone to court. Uh, most of them just end in a plea deal because the, the evidence against the traffickers is so damning. And a lot of times plea helps the survivors out so much. It, it helps the victims and it helps the witnesses too. Cause a lot of times in this community, stepping forward to be a witness, to be an informant or a cooperating informant or anything, it can be dangerous. Right. We're not dealing with, you know, a peaceful environment here. A lot of people think of prostitution and pimps and all this as not being particularly crazy evil, like a drug kingpin or something like that but there really are mm -hmm. one thing i do want to say is you know they always throw the figure of 150 billion dollars out worldwide what are the do you know what kind of figures we're looking at domestically i don't and i get very weary of uh figures like that because it's an underground market and uh human traffickers aren't taking surveys online uh, there are no uh tax filings to, to check and, and add up. So yes, people are doing their best. Folks like the International Labor Organization are doing their best to try to come up with, with statistics. But the statistic that I think that really drives home the point on what's happening with the human trafficking uh, market domestically actually comes from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And they found that over a five-year period, they had an 846% increase in suspected child trafficking cases. That's just child trafficking cases. So if it was a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old, they're not included in that. So the question is, well, how can you have an 846% yeah. increase? Law enforcement can never keep up with that. Well, the reason why is our smartphones. Yeah. We now have broadband connected microcomputers in our pockets that allow customers to order trafficking victims to their hotel rooms in the same way they can order a pizza and for about the same price. So that's the actual battle we're fighting here is traffickers use of technology to scale their, their business, just like any other business is scaled. And, and so that's actually what we're helping law enforcement directly counter. And law enforcement does not need help kicking doors, right? Just because you kick doors in Afghanistan does not mean you know a single thing about how to kick doors in the United States under the rules that law enforcement have, have which are significantly more extensive than the rules that we had in Afghanistan and Iraq. And so when you look at, at the, the, the holistic uh, fight against human trafficking and, and where law enforcement needs the help. They don't need the help on the door kicking side. They don't need the help on the surveillance side. They don't need the help on human intelligence. They know way more about that than, than anybody else does. Where they need the help is on, is on the cyber side and on the processing of the, of the sheer amount of data that is available to them and helping them target the human trafficker specifically. Um, and that's that's where we come in at Deliver Fund, and that's what we you know are, are uniquely set up to do. You know, drug trafficking is 
you know, you get one product, you got to bring it across and you got to get another product and bring it across. We have so much resources still in the war on drugs, war on drugs. You have the DEA, you have DEA has got everybody else involved with them. You got high task forces, high intensity drug trafficking area task forces, all sorts of stuff going at the war on drugs. A lot, so many federal resources. I'm writing up an article right now about why don't we, yes, we have task forces. Yes, we have everybody else. Why don't we have a, your professional opinion here, Nick, is why don't we have a federal agency? And do you think that would be a, a viable thing to look at? So, yes, uh, I fully believe we need a counter human trafficking agency. I mean, you think about it, you know, to your point, we spend tens of billions a year on the war on drugs. How's that going? Um, we spend, you know, single digit billions every year on, uh, on, you know, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms. I mean, last time I checked, alcohol, tobacco and firearms are all legal. You probably have all three of those things within arm's reach right now. And, uh, and yet, so we're spending, we're spending billions of dollars fighting what is the illicit sale of legal commodities, Per the 13th Amendment, 100% of human slavery is illegal, 100% of it. And yet we don't even spend a dollar per victim of human trafficking globally as the wealthiest country in the world. So the, you know, the, the priorities are, are, are massively shifted. Why? I don't know exactly. Um, I think it has something to do with the fact that human trafficking uh, predominantly affects the lower socioeconomic classes, predominantly affects people of color by the DOJ's own statistics. And so, you know, uh, to, to, to be a little controversial here, if all of a sudden we had a bunch of wealthy and upper middle class white girls who ended up being trafficked, we would suddenly see some money being thrown at the problem. But because this predominantly happens on the inner city, uh, right, inner city or, or very rural places, it predominantly happens to people of color, lower socioeconomic class who don't have the voice uh, to get their politicians' attention. That is why we don't have the, uh, we don't have the, um, the funding driven towards fighting this problem. And we know, we all know, I mean, those of us who work for the government, right? You work for the government for a long time. I worked there for, you know, almost 20 years. You, you have this, this kind of chicken and egg issue where if you don't have the funding, you can't have an agency, but if you don't have the agency, you can't have the funding. Uh, and so really Congress, just like we did after September 11th, where we created Department of Homeland Security, uh, because that was, that was seen as a potential solution for the problems that led up to September 11th, uh, right, in the DNI. Well, we need to do the same thing and say, all right, we have this human trafficking problem. Human trafficking gets worse every single year. Why don't we go ahead and actually make it so that somebody's job, right, is to focus on that problem? And fund them, you know, accordingly. And I'm going to I'm going to jump in there and say this. Uh, someone will come back and say, "Well, we already have task forces doing this." Let me tell you something about federal task forces. Um, you have a Haida task force. I'm going to I bring up Haida because it's a thing. You have violent crime task force. You have human trafficking task forces. But let's say you have. Let's say I'm an agent. I work drug. I, I work for a homeland security. Um, 
let's say I, well, I did used to work. I work Homeland Security, but you know, I, I want career progression. Homeland Security works about 20 different laws, not just focused, not just laser focused. I get on a task force. I become an expert, expert at human trafficking. And then I, I want to promote. They move me out to a different position, doing something different or even at headquarters. Or let's say I'm on a task force and something happens at the southwest border where they need agents. The first thing they do is they pull them off task forces and they send them somewhere else. ATF. They're working alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. DEA. You know what they do every day? You know what they work, Nick? Drugs. You know, they don't get pulled to go work immigration. They don't get pulled to go do this. Uh, there's a bombing in uh, Jerusalem. They're not going to send DEA. So if you have a dedicated group of individuals who become experts at fighting human trafficking, and that includes the money aspect of it. That includes not just, hey, you know what? It's the whole gambit. They're going to do complete investigations into human trafficking. And, hey, if you want to throw in labor trafficking in there, absolutely yes. labor trafficking. Anything to do with humans and trafficking, you have a dedicated federal force. You don't have to start at large. Start hiring the right people. Hire them now. Pull them in. Hey, we created a whole space force with current DOD people. We could do the same thing. Put out a blanket thing. In the 1970s, the Bureau of Narcotics turned into DEA. U.S. Customs turned into this. DHS is basic. I was there in the beginning. I was a customs special agent. And all of a sudden, we became ICE. Before that, it was just DHS. And then it's HSI. And, and then it's ERO. And it's all these other different things. You can create an agency. But like you said, there people like to talk about human trafficking and how bad it is. But until you get in front of the Congress, until you start getting making waves and saying this isn't just a, a one stop thing, it's not just happening internationally until you say, hey, it's happening right here in our backyards. That's what we need. And that's one of the next topics I want to get into is how can people get involved? Obviously, Deliver Fund is a nonprofit. They do have a corporate angle. Uh, from a, a different area, but you can support you guys through money, obviously, for and supporting. But you don't just need to do that. You can support and write and talk and get in front of your politicians and start raising attention about what is going on in our backyards. So how does someone, not just supporting Deliver Fund or, or you know that kind of aspect, but as a human trafficking professional, how does the regular everyday person help? The biggest way they can help is by educating themselves as to what the problem is. Now, we've tried to make that easy at Deliver Fund. Uh, and actually, one of our senior our senior targeting analysts, Kara, <clears throat> Kara Smith, uh, you can find her on Instagram at Kara the Huntress. She did this whole series on YouTube and continues to do it called Hunting with the Huntress, where she breaks down real-world human trafficking, what's happening why it's happening um, and and the the actual procedures and tactics that the traffickers are using. So this is not QAnon. I you know sorry if any listeners are are into that kind of stuff. But Hillary Clinton is not drinking the blood of children in her basement, right? That's like that's not a thing. Human trafficking is is in itself horrific enough that we don't need conspiracy theories like. Pizzagate and QAnon and all this stuff that is just not real. I mean, you know, and and when I I 
I'm, I'm definitely going to get attacked on the internet for saying that by a bunch of people in their mom's basement saying, well, you don't know. Well, we fight human trap. We actually do more cases at Deliver Fund than the Department of Justice does. We have teams of dozens of people who fight human trafficking all day, every day, and work with over 160 law enforcement agencies across the United States. So yeah, actually, we do know because we're so committed to this issue that we fight it all day, every day. Um, 24-7, 365, there is a Deliver Fund analyst on duty working human trafficking cases on behalf of law enforcement officers um, increasingly around the globe, but primarily here in the United States. So educating yourself as, as, as the general public as what is human trafficking? What is it really? How does, how does the human trafficking cycle work? Um, lots of good organizations have put together, uh, put together information around that. Um, the two, obviously, I'm a little bit biased. Uh, uh, my team at, at Deliver Fund tries to do a phenomenal job in putting that information out there. Also, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children puts out incredible information around um, specifically the child trafficking issue, where at Deliver Fund, we focus a little more holistically on the human trafficking issue, everything from organ trafficking, labor trafficking, commercial sex trafficking, child trafficking. Uh, so, so just knowing what it is. And then the next piece is if you truly feel called to participate in the fight against human trafficking, it's not a part-time volunteer thing. You're either all in it as a professional or you're not. Um, so join law enforcement. If you truly want to be on, at the tip of the spear in the fight against human trafficking, go get a badge and a gun and go do that thing for your local county sheriff or your, or, you know, or the federal government or your, your municipality or um, go get the training and resources that are needed in order to in order to join that fight. So at Deliver Fund, we're always hiring professionally trained analysts. If you don't have professional training, I'm sorry, we're not in a we're not in a financial position to train people from scratch. Um, but professionally trained analysts, uh, uh, fundraisers, you know, marketing people, everybody who can help either get the word out or help us collect the resources that we need in order to go after this full time. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the the volunteer aspect. You really do need to be in this full time, and you need to be dedicated to it and train, 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 train. It's not just being trained, but you have to continuously keep up with technology. It's not a hey, you know what? I want to go help out on the weekends. You can do that, yeah, but not in this direct field. I don't think you'd be a really good force multiplier with that. But on the weekends, you want to go and raise money or or raise awareness, or you want to write a letter to your politician. It's like I said, it doesn't necessarily have to be deliver fund. You can help out in other ways. And that's, and that's brings me kind of my next point is the reason why we don't have a federal task force. The reason why most uh, law enforcement departments don't have human trafficking task forces has nothing to do with your chief of police or the individual law enforcement officers or your County sheriff. It has to do with the politicians who allocate the money based on the priorities. So, you know, too many times you say, well, it's the police's fault that we don't fight human trafficking. It's law enforcement's fault that we don't fight human trafficking the way that we should. No, absolutely not. It is not law enforcement's fault. Law enforcement are soldiers who essentially execute the orders of the politicians that are elected to, to control them. Um, and more importantly, control the purse strings that fund them. So politicians need to be held accountable. If your local police department does not have a dedicated 
full-time human trafficking uh, detective, then then that mayor needs to be asked some hard questions and don't let them out of it. The mayor says, well, you got to understand we don't have the money for that. Okay. Well, you have a, you have a property crimes detective. Are you saying that property property is more important than people's lives? Why did you prioritize money to a property crimes detective as opposed to a human trafficking detective? Um, Your narcotics squad is probably full up. Your gang squad is probably full up. You know, your training is probably full up. Like, why are you why are you choosing to deprioritize the human trafficking problem? And those are hard questions. And politicians feet need to be held to the fire on that question. And if they don't like the heat, then they should not be politicians. That is their job. That is what they signed up for. So so get involved in your local politics and get your local politicians or I should say, hold your local politicians accountable for funding law enforcement and actually making the human trafficking problem a priority for law enforcement in in their jurisdiction. Yeah, that's the thing is it starts at the local level. You can get a hold of your center. You can get a hold of your congressman and stuff. But a lot of times it's happening in your neighborhood and they're the first people. If you want to gain a lot of traction, A letter to your senator or congressman might get you a little face on, might do this, might do that, but get involved locally. Some people don't realize that it's happening. Unfortunately, the information doesn't always flow around the neighborhood. A lot of people live in these little safe bubbles and they don't realize that two miles down the road, a child or a teen is getting trafficked. They don't understand that. They don't understand the difference between prostitution and trafficking and prostitutions who are forced into prostitution, which is trafficking. They don't understand that. They don't know the basics of trafficking. One thing I got to give, you know, I live in Virginia and the first time I met the governor elect Yunkin was for a human trafficking task force. He wants to start with human trafficking and he wants to, the first thing he said is he I want to stop human trafficking in Virginia. He's like, we have, we have 398 massage parlors. I want them all out of business. He's like, you know, the, the illegitimate ones, I should say. Right, right. But that's the first thing he brought in. He brought in victims and he brought in he brought in a victim and he brought in a mother who happens to be white middle class, which was great. Look, this is happening to the white middle class and this is happening to the lower the lower economic demographic. It's happening everywhere. And he says, we need to solve this now. I met him over last weekend. I said, hey, I uh, I gave him one of these handy dandy protector coins. I said, remember, I'm, I'm like, I'm a constituent now. I'm like, I'm going to hold you accountable to what you said. And I'm like, do you remember me from the trafficking summit? He's like, yeah. And he goes, okay. I'm like, here's my car. I want to talk to you in a few months and see what you, where you are with this trafficking thing. He's like, let's do it. Well, so we'll see. That's one of the things that, you know, we specialize in a deliver fund. So if the governor in this case wants to, or I should say governor elect, uh, um, when he takes office, he says, uh, says, all right, I want to build a human trafficking task force for Virginia. Okay, great. We have plug and play models. Like we literally come in and say, "All right, here's the deal. Um, here's here's your here's the software code um, to be able to collect the data." Because because at the end of the day, it's all about having access to the right data. So, and most law enforcement doesn't have access to the right data. I mean, our our software programs are collecting about two hundred and forty thousand times more data than um, anybody else has ever tried to collect. So to go in and say, all right, you know, 
here's your data, here's your software, here's the best practices that we've that we've crowdsourced from the over 160 law enforcement agencies we've worked with around the United States. Here are, uh, you know, here's the contact information for human trafficking detectives at the local level, you know, as, as, as far west as, you know, Santa Monica. Uh, so how do you get those law enforcement officers to, to all be connected at the local level? Because Human traffickers are incredibly transitory. They're always moving. So we want to make sure that those, those human traffickers' sins follow them wherever they go. So if you have a trafficker who moves from L.A. to Virginia, well, those every single state line they cross and every single city they go to is an opportunity for them to be caught. Uh, and I almost look at it like it's a competition for every, every law enforcement agency between the two to, to see who gets this guy. Who, who rescues the victims and gets them the help that they need. And that's, I mean, that is what we do at Deliver Fund. So, I mean, I make that offer right now. If, if the governor-elect uh, wants to, you know, wants to put data behind the problem and wants to crowdsource the best practices uh, in putting together that task force, that's, that's what we do. Um, and in many cases, we actually have Lawn, or we actually have Deliver Fund analysts embedded in human trafficking task forces, um, you know, as, as far north as Montana and as far south as Houston, Texas. Um, and so those those human trafficking analysts, having them and they're Deliver Fund employees, because in many cases, the law enforcement department can't afford to go hire a dedicated crime analyst. And so we need cops on the street doing that work. So Deliver Fund actually will embed an analyst in that task force under all the appropriate paperwork and MOUs to actually do the analysis and targeting um, of, of these various cases. Yeah, you know, I, I give him a lot of kudos, you know, just met him, talked to him, and he wasn't like standoffish about it. You go on another, if you go on a Yunkin for governor, whatever his website is right now, it's it's he literally has his snapshot plan of what he wants to do to stop human trafficking, which is incredible. Excellent. Usually it's something else like, hey, you know what? How are we going to start stop something? You know, that's really a political hot topic that's going to give him brownie points. Right. But no, he's like, boom, we got to stop this. He must have had something in his past where he was affected by it or knows someone directly because he's so passionate about it. And you know what? Hey, so am I, and so are you. So let's do it, brother. That's right. Um, Governor Yunkin, we're ready to talk. There's two other things I want you to talk about today before I let you go. Is um, the Afghanistan girls soccer team? When I saw you guys were involved with that, I was like, "What?" Like it's, to me, it was kind of random. But then when you think about it, you're like, "No, these were prime examples of of girls who can get trafficked." Yeah. So yeah, the best the best way to prevent human trafficking is to prevent the trafficking of of the individual commodity, right? So in this case, they were they were soccer players, and and it's important to understand uh, for folks who don't understand kind of the way the Afghan uh, and I shouldn't even say the Afghan culture, the uh, the fundamentalist uh, uh, Muslim culture that is. ISIS and and the Taliban and I mean you know the underlying foundation is are pretty much all the same. They look at these young girls as commodities, and and the the Taliban has even have even said publicly that they consider a a teenage girl as young as fifteen of marrying age. Uh, those of us who have considerable time on the ground in Afghanistan can tell you that they actually will go significantly younger. 
um, you know, in, into even into even single digits uh, as far as age goes. But what they what they were doing is telling their Taliban fighters that they would, you know, essentially join the Taliban. We give you a paycheck. We give you, you know, room and board and we give you a wife. Right. So so forced marriage, which is trafficking, um, because in this case, that forced marriage was was somebody being forced to do something for the economic value of somebody else. And that's ultimately, you know, at its foundation, what trafficking is. And so these girls are just essentially going to be part of a compensation package. And because they were soccer players and, and, and had a little bit of fame in Afghanistan that actually made them worth more. And so we got contacted by uh, some political appointees uh, from the white house and, you know, saying, can you help us? And what what resulted in that was Deliver Fund ended up actually evacuating three 737s of uh, primarily women and children, teenage girls, uh, and evacuating them. Uh, we did we did the whole operation. Uh, actually, got the second the second private plane, right? The second uh, civilian plane out of Afghanistan was actually uh, Deliver Fund plane uh, full of full of teenage girls and the, and, and, and obviously their, um, uh, their guardians. And so when you look at the problem holistically, you know, deliver fund is involved in international operations, but we really focus and talk about the U S problem and let our international operations division, you know, talk about the international stuff there. But once, you know, we'd gotten involved in the, the Afghanistan thing, um, turns out there was media that were tracking the the planes leaving Afghanistan on FlightAware. So then when there was a 737 that took off, they're like, whoa, who is that? Who got that done? Uh, and that's uh, that's how we ended up kind of getting blown up in the media for uh, for the work that we were doing. But it was, yeah, it's it's preventing trafficking by actually removing the commodity, in this case, these, these girl soccer players from the environment that they would be trafficked in. And they're currently... Uh, in Lisbon, Portugal, uh, being taken care of by the Portuguese government. Portuguese government was phenomenal in, in giving them political asylum. So they're not stuck in refugee city. They're not right. They're 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 not in limbo. They're actually at the place where they're going to be able to to launch the rest of their lives. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I was I was really surprised when I saw the news about that. I'm like, really? That's really cool, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you to you and your team for doing that. And the last thing I wanted to talk to you about was Charlie Mike continue mission. Yeah. So uh, for folks who aren't aware, uh, Charlie Mike is a brevity code that just means continue mission. Uh, and it's something that, you know, you're, you're, you're on an operation, something happens, you relay that back to your tactical operations center. And then they're trying to figure out what, what's happening and they'll tell you, all right, you know, go ahead and continue mission, or you'll tell them that you'll, that you're going to Charlie Mike, you're going to continue mission. And and so the way that, that we look at Deliver Fund is this is just a continuation of our mission. I mean, my entire adult life, um, and even before uh, I graduated high school, has really been dedicated to protecting people and, and, and really working so that other people may live. Uh, right. That was our that was our motto as, as a Air Force pararescueman. Uh, most of what I did at the CIA was was really around uh, protecting people within the operational environment, making sure that things got done in a way that that people got to people got to live after the operation 
And then if things did go bad, to be able to confront that enemy directly to keep them from hurting other people. So this is just a continuation of that mission. You know, we're no longer shooters. We now use computers, uh, but we are we are still continuing that same mission of protecting the vulnerable and the powerless from the people who would abuse them. And there's ways you can help check. There's ways you get help with DeliverFund out. Head to DeliverFund.org. And really, check out, Nick has a bunch of really good interviews out there as well, if you want to know more about Nick and his background. A lot of times on a protectors, I like to just talk to people. A lot of times you can Google someone's name and find out more about Nick's background. And he's got an, an impressive background in the agency and with, with the military, so please check that out. Please go, as soon as you get done with this podcast today, go check out deliverfund.org again. And check out, click on the tab, continue mission. Really good stuff. Nick, I really appreciate you coming on the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Jason. I really appreciate you uh, helping us to shine a light on this very, very important subject.